children. I'm so grateful for them just praying over the, the India team last Sunday morning, and I'm so glad for those that were able to be here for that. I do have a report to bring also from uh, the Cordos and Lois, who are, uh, they've been in the Philippines, now Cambodia, now Cambodia, and um, so he says this, he says, uh, hello pastor, Pastor Jojo from Philippines had to return seven $100 bills to me that had been torn. I exchanged them for him. So I guess he's got good clean currency from here, but over there, this pastor has some torn bills and says neither Philippines nor Cambodia will honor them once they're torn. So when we arrive in Cambodia, I began to count cash on hand and discovered that all seven bills had been supernaturally repaired. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> I like when people get healed, but money gets healed. That's pretty cool. I mean, hey, praise God. Don't tell me my God can't do it. Love to y'all. So that's just, um, just something from Pastor David. Encourage our faith. Wherever we're at in our walk of faith, we know that God desires to take us farther. Further up, further in. And that's the way that he has planned this walk. The way of the righteous winds ever Somebody knew it. Upward. Upward was the right answer. And so if you're on a path where I so appreciated what our brother, uh, is it Manny? Sorry, I didn't get your name when you stopped up and shared about how the Lord touched you last week. But we're in a storm. We're in a place where it just seems kind of like we're fighting through something. But the fact is God knows the end result. And that's where he is uh, excited about it. And we've got to learn how to catch his excitement sometimes. I don't think God ever wakes up and has a a gray day. Who noticed that it was like no sun for four or five days this past week? I, I was getting to the end. My, my kids were saying, when's the sun going to come back? Like, did it just go away forever? Is this uh, the end of the sunshine? And so it was good to see it, even though it brought some cold air with it. But when you're in a gray patch, it's not a problem for God because he's kind of above that. And he sees sunshine, whatever we see, he sees sunshine. And he sees how far the cloud lasts, and he sees when we're about to step out from underneath it, and we're about to step into the place where we can kind of see him more clearly. And uh, it's by design. I so appreciated last week uh, the way that the Lord just recharged us. And I want to just use it as a, or just a quick reminder to say, we gather together for a reason. Does anybody know that we're called to gather together? We're actually charged and admonished in, in Hebrews chapter 10 to not forsake the gathering together of ourselves, especially even all the more so as we see the day approaching, which is the return of Jesus Christ. That's what that, the day is referring to there. And so, but there's a reason why we do it. Just verse 24, that was Hebrews 10, 25, don't forsake, but who knows what 10, 24 says? Well, I, sh I don't think I copied it because I it says that we're, we're to, I'll just do the best that I can, I'll paraphrase it. It says we're to consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. When we come together, it's to stir up the love that's in us because God's love, right? Did everybody know that? He's not the one keeping track of all the wrongs that we do. Oh man, I'm going to just say this. I wasn't, didn't want to get down this road because this will definitely, well, if you're a theologian and you want to take issue with this, I'd, that'd be good. I love saying things that get people to take issue with the Word of God because then they can go and do some digging and uh, get some revelation. 
Do you know that the devil serves God's purposes in this world? I'm not saying that everything he does, God has ordered it, but God will always use whatever mess the devil makes for good. That's his promise. He says, all things work together for good for those that love him, who are called according to his purpose. That includes the junk that the enemy puts his fingers to. Okay, you can take that up with the book. It's in there. But Corinthians 13 reveals something very incredible about God, and it says that he is love. But then it describes what love looks like. And I'm just going to focus on this one phrase. It says, love keeps no record of wrongs. You know how many people's theology right there is so blown out of the water? When I say theology, theology is the study of theo, God, the theos. It's the study of God, theology, and it's good. You should have good sound theology, sound doctrine, as Paul and Peter encourage us to have. God is love. Love keeps no record of wrong. Who does? Okay. There's a judgment seat. We'll stand before it. This is just a, this isn't what I want to share today, so it's just come going with the Spirit. So I'm not giving you references on all the, every scripture, but this is very clear in scripture. Jesus is called our advocate with the Father. Do you know what advocate means? Attorney, counselor. Court-appointed or self-paid, we couldn't pay for him to represent us. We couldn't afford it. So he volunteered to do it by himself. He's the high priest of our confession, but he's also the advocate before the Father. When we stand before Judgment Day, it will not be God the Father saying, Hey, I saw you did this. 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 Because why? Love keeps no record of wrongs. God is love. What purpose is he using the devil for who thinks he's just such a, you know, he's so crafty in his own mind. God's actually just using him as the prosecutor for the case. So that he being loved doesn't have to keep track because he's just and he's fair. He must punish all wrongdoing. But thank goodness he does not have to keep track of it all. He's got someone else doing his dirty work. Thinking that from the enemy's point of view he is at war, and yet God looks at that and says, yeah, just keep, keep good track. Don't miss one of them. Because he knows what happens at Judgment Day for those who believe. We look to Jesus, who is our who? Our defense attorney. And we say, I know I messed it up really bad, but I also know that he and what he accomplished on my behalf on the cross was enough. According to Scripture, it was enough to make me righteous before the throne of justice, perfect justice and perfect holiness and the advocate says yeah that one's one of mine the price was paid for them you can just shut it for now until the next one comes to the stand and he's just going to shut the devil up time and time and time again for those who believe in Jesus Christ there's a heavy heavy sense of condemnation in this room this morning it's why it was hard for the worship team to kind of get where I knew was in their hearts to go Uh, I don't always speak prophetically, but a lot of it had to do with condemnation. And I want to encourage you, conviction and condemnation are two different things. Conviction is the Holy Spirit telling you, hey, what you were doing was wrong. And there will be instances in your mind, and you can justify them, or you can say, yep, messed it up. Lord, please forgive me. 
Condemnation is when there's another voice, the accuser of the brethren gets in there and he says, because you did this and because you messed up, now you shouldn't expect to have any kind of closeness with the one who's holy and righteous because you're clearly unholy and unrighteous. And you begin to live in a place in your mind and in the weight on your shoulders that tells you and reminds you, yeah, he's right. That voice is right. I did mess it up. And you forget to repent and look to Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of your faith, so that he can say, yep, I got that one too. When I said it was finished on the cross, I didn't miss that little mess up that you had this week. I actually paid for that one too. So you can shut up again, accuser of the brethren. That one's already been paid for. This is the ongoing outworking of your salvation. We are to work it out with fear and trembling because there is a continuous record being kept. It says that every idle word that we speak will be recorded and we'll have to give account for it. It's very sobering. It's a very solemn reality to realize we live under that kind of thing. But guess who's keeping track of all the wrong words? Some of us have a missed, a skewed understanding of who God is, and we think he's the one saying, ha, you messed up again, boy. Not him. It's the prosecuting attorney that's keeping track. So it's being kept track of. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm just saying don't see God in that lens. He is not keeping track. He is love. He keeps no record of wrongs. He doesn't have to. He's got someone doing that for him. And he's been defeated as we sang this morning. He is crushed. At the grave he met his match. The enemy has been defeated. The death could not, death could not hold Jesus down. Therefore, our advocate is alive. He's not a figure of our imagination. He's not some uh, hopeful being that exists somewhere seated at the hand of, of righteousness and judgment at the right hand of the Father. He's on our side for those of us who believe. It's the voice of the enemy that when we hear that, if we come into that alignment, we're going to find ourselves in a very skewed uh, position where we see God with the, in a way that we shouldn't see him. He is love. He is for us. It is his kindness that brings us to repentance. It's his love that triumphs, his mercy that triumphs over judgment. It's all of his goodness. It's the thief that comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus comes so that we can have life, not just enough to get by, so that we can have it abundantly. This is the good gospel, the good message that we have received. We talked about don't neglect it, but this is the great salvation that we're talking about. That we're no longer just getting by and hoping to have enough goodness to outweigh the badness. We have Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father ready to say, hey, you can be quiet now. I already paid for all the faults and I know them well and you do too, but you can just shut up because we, this one's coming with me. I don't believe it'll be Peter at the gate as all the jokes talk about it. It's going to be Jesus because he's the one that's seated there with the ability to say this way or that way. The sheep and the goats will be separated. But for those of us who've trusted in Christ, who've allowed the confession of our heart and the words of our mouth to say, he is Lord, Jesus has been raised from the dead by the Father, then all of a sudden there's an atonement, there's a payment for our sin that's made by his sacrifice that we get to walk with him when everything is being separated at that last day. So I want to encourage you with that, but the, 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 the emphasis I want to make this morning with the little bit of time I've got left is, has got to do with the salvation that we've been given. Yes, it's so great, and I could easily speak for weeks, just go through Ephesians. If you want to really unwrap the greatness of the salvation that's been given to us, the Apostle Paul saw it so clearly, the new creation, miracle, he saw it, he wrote about it to so many different churches, and the book that he wrote to the church in Ephesus is so clear. It outlines so many of the details of why we know it's a great salvation. And I, But there's a part of it that I want to talk about this morning 
because it has to do with where does this salvation and this, this reality that we're saved into, because you know that we're saved out of the kingdom of darkness and we're translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. The salvation brings us from the dark and puts us into the light. There's no middle ground. There's no dimmer switch. You're in darkness or you're in light. There's not a fence to be walked on. The devil owns the fence too. It's on one side of the other. There's just black and white. This is how it's, it is in the spirit realm. There's no medium uh, spirits who are kind of, they're with God sometimes and with the devil other times. There's no crossover in the spirit realm. There is demons and there are angels. That line was already drawn when the enemy was booted from heaven. He took some with him, but that line was established. And as far as we have scriptural record, there's no longer been people jumping sides in that reality in the spirit realm. And so we're born into a spiritual kingdom. We have this thing called the, the kingdom of heaven. The Bible calls it Different things in, in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. But the reality is that kingdom exists. We know that we, we lift our hands up. We just want to touch you. We know that there's an element of the third heaven, which is above the realm of earth. And then there's the heavens that we can see. And we know out there, wherever, is this third heaven where Jesus ascended from earth to. And so we know that there's that place. But we're also given scriptures that show us that it's not just out there, somewhere, beyond the best spacecraft that... Our dear brother Elon Musk is going to pull together whatever to get to whatever planet he can get to. Uh, but it's beyond all that, infinitely beyond all that. But there's also a reality that's so clear in Scripture that that kingdom doesn't just, it's not just there waiting to be revealed to us someday. But for those of us who walk by the Spirit, it's revealed to us by faith and it actually dwells within us who believe. The kingdom of heaven is now within us. Again, I'm going to abbreviate. You guys can look these scriptures up. I'm not going to uh, take time to go to every single one. I will read this one. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 20 to 23, he says, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, the king is there with them, right? You'd think they could easily think the kingdom was there, but they... There was something further that Jesus was about to establish other than just the miracles that he was doing. And the Pharisees kind of sensed this. And they said, well, when is the kingdom of God going to come? And he answers, because they asked, so they asked the question, when? And Jesus skips right over that. It's not a, they thought they knew what it was going to look like. They just needed to know when it was going to happen. And Jesus just skips that question and, and brings the real information that was pertinent. It says, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Then he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man. Referring to the days like here he is, he's with them. You're going to want it to be like it is right now. And you will not see it. And they will say to you, look over here or look over there. Do not go after them or follow them. This is what Jesus knows humans were going to always want to see. They're going to say, oh, Jesus is over there someplace, and then they will all flock to go and see Jesus in this geographical location. He says, don't get suckered into that. It's a lie. It's not true. What he was going to establish was a kingdom of God that's within you. When he promised Holy Spirit, he says he will come. He'll remind you of all the words that I said to you. He'll bring them to your remembrance. He will be with you, and he will be in you in John 14. This reality that we walk out is not an external thing. It's not something we put on for Sunday morning. It's something that lives within us. It's a reality that exists where once was darkness is now light. That's why out of our bellies doesn't flow lies and all the toxic stuff that used to. Now out of our belly flows living water. Stuff that refreshes people. Stuff that when they get close to us, they realize, wow, I feel uplifted just for having been with that person. Because there's something in them that I can't put my finger on, but I just know when I'm around that, 
When I'm here in worship and we're with the children, there's something being absorbed. There's a love that's being stirred up because we've gathered together, because we all have this reality within us. Some, maybe we're unaware of it. Some, maybe we don't have it yet. We can be honest. Maybe you haven't fully just said, Lord, whatever it takes, I want you in me. I want your kingdom. We say, oh, Jesus, come into my heart. He doesn't offer himself to come into our heart. That prayer is not in Scripture. He offers a kingdom and a reality of authority that will come and live within you, but it's the whole thing. It's the rule. It's the authority. It's the order. It's the, it's the jurisdiction. It's putting a human vessel under the influence and authority of a kingdom that's not of this world. And we're actually citizens of that kingdom. We actually granted citizenship in that kingdom, even though we don't, in our physical bodies, live there now. Because this flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. We get so confused with the mirror, the part of us that when it makes a mistake bad enough, it gets a picture taken, gets a mugshot at the precinct, right? We think that's the person. God doesn't look at us and see this stuff that we see in the mirror. He sees the inner part of us, and Peter is called the inner man. There is an inner part of us, a hidden man of the heart. That is who is born again in spirit. That's the place that we've got to get to. Yes, we lift our hands up because we know he's there. But yes, we also say, God, thank you for the deposit of heaven. Thank you that I'm now an ambassador, not of a kingdom that I haven't even seen yet, but a kingdom that when I look within and I see the light that's there because I know what used to be there, I can trust in that. I can, I can begin to minister from that. What we saw here last Sunday was just children realizing they've been taught in these things. They understand God's not afar off. He's here with us. When the three Israelite boys were going through the fire under Nebuchadnezzar, they didn't, they didn't have to go through alone. They didn't just get miraculously suspended and unburnt. Jesus showed up in the fire, or one that looked like the Son of God showed up in the fire with them. When Daniel's in the den with the lions about to be eaten, an angel of the Lord comes down, just puts his hand on their mouths and says, Now, now, boys, this one you can have. You can have all the people that threw him here, but you've got to wait 24 hours, and then you can feast on their whole families. But this one is one of mine. You can't touch him. He goes to the place where we are. He is with us. These are just type shadows in the Old Testament. Now Jesus fulfills it, and he says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's never a moment where you've got to just throw your hands up and say, oh, God, please come and do something. You can say, oh, God, thank you that you've done so much. Help me to see it right now and help it to manifest in this moment that I'm in because he's within you. Not in the part that you put makeup on and you cut the hair of, the part of you that's invisible, that's unseen by the natural, but the fruit of that person is visible. The gifts that are given to that spiritual person, they're visible. When we get this reality, we'll stop nitpicking about the, the external stuff and we'll begin to realize within every one of us is a reason why we come together, is a reason why we pray for one another, why we take time to just sing songs together, why we take time to teach our children of these truths, because it's a great salvation. Every other cult and religion and, 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 and act of whatever kind of spiritual organization that comes to earth, it always requires pilgrimage. It requires you have to go to this holy place. You have to go and pay homage at this tomb. You've got to go and do. You've got to climb these thousands of stairs up, of a, up a mountain. And the higher you go, the more holy it's going to be. You've got to go and do. And Jesus says, don't worry about all that. Don't chase after that. It's going to be within you. I'm going to take up residence on the inside of this earthen vessel. That's what it means when it says we have the treasure of heaven in an earthen clay vessel. This part won't inherit it. But the part that's within us that's alive will absolutely fully inherit it and already has. That's the beauty of the salvation. We have already been given these things freely in the spirit of who we actually are. And so... The other scripture I want to talk, which I mentioned just briefly as I stood up here at the 
during the ministry time last week was this one in 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. Because this is another thing that puts a lid on our, on our ability to just ascend to that place, that well-beaten path that Carrie talked about before worship, that we can just go to that place, the throne of grace, when we have need. We don't have to try to chop weeds out of the way. We know just how to get there. Repentance, true humility. I don't deserve it, but I know the one who paid for my access to this place, and I know he deserves it. And if he chose to give it to me, then I'm not going to neglect it. I'm going to take advantage and go there and use that. But there's this reality of what we have access to in this great salvation. In Timothy, we, we read this. is in verse 6, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, therefore I remind you. Why does he have to remind us? Because we can forget. I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Where does Holy Spirit live? He lives within you. Where does love live? Where does God live? God is love. Where does he live? In you. It's such a mental block because we've been trying to convince kids, maybe, if you're a parent, or you got to come to church. you got to go to church. You need to come with me. You need to be there. Now, again, I just said how, how important that is that we do those things, that we come together because we're strengthened there. But going to the church meeting doesn't make you a Christian. It just makes you stronger. So many people come to church because they're trying to still find, am I a Christian or not? Do I have Christ in me? Have I, have I expressed my humble uh, and just asked for the forgiveness for my sins? Have I made right with God? Am I at right standing with him? And it becomes like, well, I went, I did my thing, so I know I'm a Christian. No, you don't come to, to become a Christian. You come so that you can be strengthened in the person that's in you already. That you can stir up the love that's within you. It doesn't say that he's not there. It says, but there's a time to stir it up. You know, sometimes if it's busy, too busy, couples just drift apart. Not because of any deep offense, just the busyness of life. Sometimes you have to make time. You have to say, you know what? It's been too long since we went to a restaurant. It's been too long since we took a vacation. It's been too long since we just went for a ride in the car and just saw where we ended up. You have to be intentional to break out of the, just the normalcy of everyday life. Otherwise, that part that needs to be stirred up just gets stagnant. This is a living, breathing kingdom that we're a part of. It's not a one-off, I prayed a prayer, now I'm good. It's a daily walking out, and when we come together, we get strengthened, we go out, we use that strength to minister, and then we come back together, and we worship together, and we get strengthened again. Did you still want to say something this morning? Did you have something? I thought maybe in worship you'd jump up, and I thought maybe you weren't here, and I just saw you. You know, Fonzie, you want to say? You know, on that note, why don't you guys come on up here? There's a really cool testimony. I just think you've got to be kind of brief because we're getting late on time. But it's just a testimony of just what I just explained. The children are ministering. We're all praying. And then these guys go out and just God uses them to do what? I got it. God wanted them to be used to do. Thank you. God bless you all. Good morning. Um, Fonzie, did you want to start? or I can uh, start us with a scripture. Um, that hit me, Isaiah 58.10 says, Go feed, feed the hungry, help those in trouble, and then your light will shine out in the darkness, and the darkness around you will become light. So praise God for, for his word and what he gave us last Sunday. I want to thank the pastor for um, honoring the Holy Spirit as he does. That's what happened last Sunday was supernatural for sure. And um, we're going to share what happened, uh, what God did. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Good morning. Come on out here, Fonzie. Come on out in the middle. You're over in the corner. Come on out here. <laughs> we don't got no snipers going to take you out. You're good. <laughs> I'll catch you. It's all right if I read the scripture. Oh, oh, no, you yes. can't read scripture. No, I wanted to just read the scripture <laughs> first. That's it my was, job. It was Matthew 25, 
34 through 40. It said, the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or need clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So I, f I was reading that and it, I felt that it pertained to what the Lord had used us for um, last weekend. Um, so it actually started last Friday. My brother Johnny here had had an appointment and um, they were kind of stressing a little bit about how he would get there. Um, Joanna could get him there, but they kind of had like a lot going on. So I had offered to bring him down to help them out, to take a little bit off of their plate. And um, so we went down there and um, a gentleman approached Johnny that he knew down at the facility and um, he had shared with them that the facility was no longer feeding them, that he was hungry. And um, Johnny on spot just gave him $5, that's what he had. So um, later on, we had left, Johnny didn't share this with me yet, but he had left and um, later on that evening he had texted me about it and shared with me what had happened. And um, he said it was really weighing on his heart that um, he wanted to see if there was something that we could do or could we speak to the church. So I said, well, brother, we are the church. There you go. And, and I said that, um, so we was, later on, we, we would talk about it at a Bible study. And um, so we had our Bible study. Pastor John was doing our Bible study. And um, so we had it. And at the end, the conversation had came up again. Um, so we wanted to, we knew we wanted to do something. We wanted to help these gentlemen. We wanted to, but we didn't know how we was going to do it. We were trying to figure it out. We was, and we couldn't. So Pastor John said, let's take it into prayer. So we did that. We took it into prayer and we began praying. After the prayer, he took a $100 bill out and he put it on the table. And he said, here's, you can use this to start whatever God is going to use you for to do. So I was like, man. So then me and my wife had put in some money. Them two had put in some money. So the Lord already had started making a way for what we was trying to do. About how many people were you going to miss? 75 people. Okay. Okay. 75 people, I believe it, right? It was 72, and then we did 70. That weren't getting food. That anymore. weren't okay. getting food. All right. Right. So when, at, when we came out of prayer, I, after that had happened, at, at the, um, after we prayed, um, for myself, and I shared this with them guys, that the Lord showed me that when we got the vision of what we wanted to do, we were trying to figure it out before prayer. Mm. And we couldn't figure it out. We, we were trying to figure it out amongst ourselves. And when we, lift, when we brought it into prayer and involved 
the Lord and gave it to him to make a way. Mm -hmm. Instantly it happened. The money started coming. So, uh, so I was like, okay. So um, the next day, now we're out at the stores. We're, get, we're getting shopping. food. We're shopping. Like this is happening so quick now. Um, we got back to the house and, um, or no, I'm sorry. Prior to coming back to the house, we was going into the stores. And again, I believe Joanna said too that she, the Lord had shared it with her too. But I felt that if we was feeding the guys, which was awesome, that to not just feed them physical food, but we wanted to bring spiritual food to them mm -hmm. also. We wanted to bring scripture and offer salvation. Mm. And um, so we, we got all the stuff and everything. We're back at my house. We're bagging up all these individual bags, me and my brother Johnny and my wife and Joanna was making the sandwiches and boiling oh, eggs man. and it was a whole, it was like seven hours worth of stuff. Yeah. And we got, so when we got done, we're looking at the bags and we're like, man, we was thinking, how was we gonna be able to get enough food for one meal for each one of these guys? And we had two meals for each one of the guys. So the, so <laughs> it, it had doubled and, and and it was all the Lord. The <laughs> Lord's favor was all over it and increased. So we, we, we go down, and um, now women aren't allowed in this facility. Um, so we're like, all right, it's snowing outside. So we brought winter hats. We got our jackets. We're ready to do it outside. So we go inside, let them know we're there. And the lady says, um, she was like, well, you know what? Okay, they can come in. You can use the whole back area back here. Nice. Put the tables together. So I was like, oh, that was a blessing. They let them in so we didn't have to be out in the cold. Mm. So we get it all set up, and these guys all come over, and um, Johnny begins ministering to them. And I had my translation app on. I'm looking at what he's saying and everything. And it was so awesome, like, where he was sharing all the scripture, and he was speaking truth, all truth to them, gentlemen. And... Seven men received Christ as their Lord and Savior. <laughs> so Woo! after after that, after that, we um we gave them some food. We also gave them scripture in their bag of food. Off to the side, there was a group of gentlemen there who um because we, we began to pray, and I seen them and they wasn't coming over. So I approached them and I said. I didn't know if they understood me or not, but I said, you guys are welcome. They said, um, no, we can't participate in that prayer. And I said, okay. He was like, we're Muslim. I said, okay. We I said, but, but we still want to feed you. <laughs> we still want you to have food. And he looked at me like, what? I said, food. You can come get some food. <laughs> so the guys all come up after the prayer. They come up, and um, they all shook our hands and walked away. And there was one of the guys, though, who... Um, he, he kind of stayed back a little bit, and the other gentleman walked away, and he came back over to me, and he said, can I have one of them scriptures? And I, wow. said, to him, I said to him, <laughs> I said, you absolutely can have one. I said, I believe that the Lord drew you back, and he's drawn you back to the truth to put it in your heart to share with the rest of the brothers that walked away from me. Wow. So we prayed for that, Ooh. that the Lord would use him <laughs> for the truth to minister to the rest of the guys who didn't understand the truth. And um, it was so amazing and so awesome um, how the Lord had used us. Um, in the meanwhile, at the end of it all, 
there was a lot of lessons that the Lord spoke to me about, and it was to trust him always and put him first and foremost in everything that we're doing mm. and come to him with everything in our lives because his way is the way, mm. and he will make it happen. Amen. Oh, I want to share real quick, too, before Johnny speaks. I'm sorry. If no one knows this gentleman or has, hasn't met him, don't let his, um, the language barrier um, discourage you from meeting him. This man has a lot of godly wisdom. He's a good man. He's a man of God. And he has a lot to share, and he wants to share it. I just wanted to put that out there. Thank you. First of all, thank you for this opportunity. Gracias al Señor por este momento. Praise be God for this moment. Porque él es el que hace posible todo esto. He's the one that makes everything possible. Para él sea la gloria, la honra, el poder, la sabiduría, la riqueza y toda la alabanza. Gracias, hermano, por ayudarme con la traducción. Thanks to me. No quiero hacer tan largo esto. I don't want to be lengthy. Pero quiero darles I just want to give you una palabra del Señor. A word of the Lord. Que justamente ayer precisely yesterday. Eh, no tenía ni un versículo que regalarles porque no es palabra del Señor. Palabra viva del Señor. No palabra mía, sino del Not Dios Todopoderoso. Bendito sea el Señor. Praise God. Eh, se vino en mi mente it came to mind un, una palabra muy hermosa tan poderosa que preguntémonos nosotros mismos I want you to ask yourself, que está en el libro de San Mateo capítulo 7 versículo 21 me pueden ayudar lo pueden buscar por favor if you have your bibles or iphones I'll Smartphones, can you please find it? That's Matthew 7:21. Oh. You know what? I hold this, right? If you guys will, can you please check your phones or Bibles? Uh, Matthew 7:21. He wants to read it for you guys. He said that this came into his heart. He wanted to bring you guys something, give you something, and leave you guys with this. Wow, it's different. Bueno, la palabra lo, le lo leemos en el nombre del Señor Dios Todopoderoso. We read it in the God. nombre del Padre. The name of the Father. En nombre del Hijo. Son. En el nombre Santo Espíritu de Dios. Amen. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Dice. He'll read it first, and I'll read it. Señor Jesucristo. Jesus is saying this in red letters. No todos. Not everyone that calls unto me, Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Rather, the one that does the, you know, what my father says. I'll ask you this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I'll ask you. Put your hands on your chest. Are we doing the will, the will of the Lord? 
Don't answer me. It's rhetorical. It's amongst you and the Lord. Just, just put your hand on your chest and your heart and says, am I doing the, your will, Lord? This is just between you and the Lord. Gracias Thank you. Por habernos recibido. Thank you for welcoming me. Por la oportunidad de poder dar este, este, este testimonio. Porque no es obra de nosotros, sino es obra del Señor. For letting me give you this testimony because it's all of his, his all glories to God. Y siempre estamos And always, dispuestos. We are always willing. Siempre queremos. We always want. Los cuatro. All four of us. Estamos. Five. Señor, haz tu voluntad con nosotros. Just do the will. Your will in us. We want to work with you and for you. We want to be fishermen of men, of souls. Because that's what the Lord actually really wants. To win souls. To work for the Lord. To do his will. And if we are his children, then brothers and sisters, let's do his work. <laughs> I just want to say thank you, Pastor, Pastora, to all of you, everyone, including myself. God bless you all. Amen. God bless you. In closing, just before I give this back to you, uh, with the Holy Spirit named this in less than 24 hours, is this is the logo that the Holy Spirit gave me to draw in the middle of the night. It says, feeding by faith, serving Christ as we serve others. So keep that in prayer, please. I feel like it. Oops. I feel like it used to be. I came to church and I kind of knew what that was supposed to. That was going to look like for the day. Now I come to church to see what's going to happen as much as anybody, anyone else would. And I, I appreciate that. I didn't know we were going to have a Spanish sermonette uh, this morning, but thank God he knew. And um, it's more fun this way, don't you think? If ever, if you know how to read. And you, or you can listen if you have your hearing. You can spend all week long getting filled up, fed up, tuned up by the Word of God and by personal devotion and prayer. And we can just come together on Sundays. And I'll just close you with this. And I was sitting there listening to the... Matthew 25 was one of the scriptures I wanted to share last... When I talked about don't neglect the salvation we've been given because people suffer. I made the statement, people suffer. If we neglect what we're called to do, real human suffering continues on lack of clothing, food, etc. Everything that Matthew 25 talks about, it's all part of what the church is meant to do, to accomplish together. No one person can do it. There's four or five that were able to bring 160 meals to a packed-in kind of shelter in, in Newburgh, and I just, <laughs> in 12 hours. So my question is, 
Sometimes I think we hear about someone going on a missions trip or someone doing a great exploit like that, and we think, man, that's really cool. And we can applaud it, but don't you know God would use you in the same exact fashion in a different way, but what's specific to your little environment or your big environment, wherever you are, God will use that. I thank God we have the, the, the food pantry that we, Bread of Life Food Pantry, turns out way more food than all the area ones around us, bigger ones combined, because we just have an amazing volunteer staff. No one's paid. They just come in and do it because that's what the Bible says to do. And when you do it, they're also some of the most refreshed, exuberant, energetic, working into their late 70s, uh, carrying boxes and doing stuff. Because when, the, when you do what the Lord tells us to do, there's an energy that he provides for you. There's a health that he oversees for you. And it's just so important that we just allow ourselves to line up with the word. But you can do that all. You don't need a message on Sunday. We can just come together and these meetings can be about how do we exchange and interchange the goodness and stir up the love that we are hearing God using other people's and get inspired, get stirred up. Don't get like, oh, I could never, you know, I can't imagine how. No, just get stirred up and just put your faith out for something, just for something. Knock on your neighbors, whatever. I don't know. I can't run through a whole list of guessing, but God will tell you. He'll show you because he wants to use you as much as you want to be used and not just have this sort of, am I really in this kingdom? Is it... No, you could, God will make sure you know, because when you're doing his work and you're his hands and his feet, and all of a sudden there's contact with someone that needs to be contacted by love, you'll know. There's a part of you that gets stirred up that nothing else can stir up. So let's just stand together. I always like to close with a word of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful. I pray this morning, Lord, that you would inspire us, that you would just allow us to hear from some of the testimonies this morning, whether from India and, and uh, the Philippines and just here in Newburgh, Lord, in our own little area, we know that there's a, there's, a, there's a group, there's a generation that's hungry, not just for food and for drink and for the things of this world, but they're just hungry to know what's the purpose, what's the point, what's the reason for still being here on this planet. So, Lord God, we thank you that you have put within us, you said that out of our bellies would flow rivers of living water, that we would be the source, that you could use just a stone in the old covenant, that water could flow from a rock, but Lord, you are the rock of our salvation, and now water flows out of us for this generation that you've placed us in. So Lord, help us to be mindful of that. Help us to not uh, feel exhausted and exasperated when we really just need to look inside and realize the work you've done within us is enough. That as we pray and as we come before you, that you will give us the strength, the understanding, the tools, the equipment, and the, the anointing to go in and to see folks that had no intention of giving their lives to you on a Sunday afternoon and suddenly they're standing in the presence of a living God coming to live on the inside of them just from the obedience, Lord, of your servants, your, your children, Lord. God, we thank you that we would all be inspired and we would all just be encouraged as we hear, but Lord, mostly that we would look to see what it is and listen for your voice about what we should be doing, about how we can also, every single one of us, be a blessing, be a light, be a refreshment to someone that you would put in our path, not someday, but this day and this week in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We love you guys.